Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to the book of Hosea. Find ourselves in the book of Hosea and still in the series with Jesus is Better. And we'll look to Hosea chapter 3. Appreciate your faithfulness tonight and being in God's house. And I know you came for the Lord. I know you didn't come to hear me, that's for sure. And because uh, you knew the pastor was gone this morning, and so you got heads up on that. And then uh, it's a matter that you're still faithful to God and to His house. And He'll bless you for that every time you come to uh, church, I believe you can get a blessing. I know every time I come to church, I get a blessing out of it, and I come try to be prepared and ready to receive what God has, and uh, I'm grateful for the Word of God and how it teaches us and, and shows us things that uh, we can see or be reminded of. And Hosea chapter 3, some of those things that are there for us in, in an unusual book, what has been titled Unthinkable, and uh, we would not maybe normally turn to a book like this, it's unthinkable in our minds, but hopefully it will give more thought to it as we've uh, looked at it this morning, this evening as well again. Hosea chapter 3, verse 5, I hope you're there, and it says this, just in verse 5 is all we'll read this evening right now, so it's a matter of this scripture states, afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord, I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that uh, you'll just bless this time around the Word of God. I thank you that we can look to the Word of God, and the Word of God has every answer for every question we have in life. And Lord, has every remedy for every ailment that we have. And Lord, it uh, can bring comfort to those who need comfort in. It can bring direction to those who need direction. And Lord, I thank you for the guidance and the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that you would shine light to us through the Word even this evening. And Lord, I thank you for our pastor already being in prayer for us today. And Lord, praying for each one of us that are here. And Lord, for the services. And I thank you for that. And I just thank you that we can pray one for another no matter where we are. And Lord, I love you and I thank you for all that you're doing in my life and the lives of these dear ones. I pray that you'll continue to do a work even tonight. May we not leave the same as we came in. I ask for your help in this. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. God is truly willing to do the unthinkable in your life. He's truly willing to do the unthinkable to restore our relationship with Him. I don't know about you, but any relationship I have, there's times where it needs to be restored. And there's times where I need to you know, ask forgiveness or make things right. And any relationship takes work. And uh, we don't like that word, but it does take work, and anything that's worth it is worth the work that is put into it. More than anything that God desires is a relationship with us. And I don't know about you, but to think that Almighty God wants a relationship with me is amazing. And it's just astounding to me that uh, He desires to have a relationship with us, but I'm sure glad He does. And I'm sure glad He's willing to hear our prayers. I'm sure glad He's willing to give us a book where we have the answers and we can look to. And this morning we looked at some things in a matter of the unthinkable in this book of Hosea. And what's unthinkable about the request that the Lord even gave to Hosea, this prophet. And we said it's not a, it is a minor prophet as far as what we call the book, Hosea. But it's not a minor book. And by no means was this prophet minor in what he was to do. He was actually call after call asking the Israelites to return back to God and to try to get their attention with whatever it took uh, to get their attention and stated some things that God was doing to get their attention. 
And as his voice to the Israelites, and then even his um, narrative, and, and even a, a matter that he had to go through with something in his life that more than likely he had no desire for, but God asked him to do it. And he did it. And he obeyed. And the realization of our sin situation we looked at, number one this morning, and then uh, departing from God. I don't know about you, but I can, we had anything in the back there. I don't know, fellas, if that's working. Are we good? Or no? You, no, no, nothing back here. Okay. Okay, great. I had to turn around to see. So um, anyways, a departing from God, a forgetting of God. And then our heart set on sin and, and then being defiled. Is, these are the steps that, that uh, is a matter of our situation that we have and our sin. And then secondly, a restoration is available for the taking. This is pretty much where we ended uh, this, this morning. So tonight I want you to notice something with me if you would. Number three is this, if you have your notes still from this morning. Um, number three is returning is pleaded. And by the way, this word return in, in verse 5, it's mentioned 22 times in just this book alone. But you think about the Word of God and how often God is putting a call out to us and to His people and to continue to just draw us back to Him and to say, return, return back to me. You know, I, I'm glad that God does not force His way on us. I'm glad He pleads. I'm glad He asked. I'm glad it's not a statement, but it's a, it's a question of, would you, would you come back? I'm glad he, He's not a dictator-type leader. You know, I'm glad for that. I'm glad He, he, he beckons and he, and, and he asks and he, he does His best to just try to get our attention in all types of different ways that we'll return to Him. Notice with me, if you would, the first return is in Hosea chapter 2 of this book. Hosea chapter 2 and verse 7. The latter part of the verse states this. You have to jump down to about the middle of the verse with me, if you would. And a Chapter 2, verse 7, it says, And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then sh shall she say, I will go and return, the first word return, in Hosea, this, this book of Hosea, to my first husband. That's interesting. Return to my first husband. What this amounts to is, is a matter that God has, wants to have a relationship with us. And a relationship. I'm reminded of Revelation where it says, Thou hast left thy first love. I'm reminded when it... When it comes to returning in Hosea chapter 3 and verse 5, that we are to return, the children of Israel are to return, and they're, they're to return to the Lord. I'm also reminded of relative race. Now some of you know what that is, or some of you might not, but it's four teams and, and, a, and the couples that compete against each other, and the idea is that they, they race against other teams. And so it's a matter that that as they go on this journey, they meet relatives along the way that they had no clue they even knew existed. It's pretty interesting. Oftentimes, the contestants um, become very emotional. Watch this even uh, this last week. It's a matter, as a disclaimer, it doesn't mean that everything they put up from here on out is going to be okay. Um, I have no idea what they're going to air. But anyways, it's a matter of this um, sitcom here, that um, oftentimes they'll find a sister or even... Um, even their mother or their father or somebody that they had no clue existed and they thought maybe existed, but then when they find them, it is amazing the emotions that come into play. Immediately, you know what's happened? That family tree that is spread out is spread out even further than what they realize and they're getting the dots connected to their family members and the emotions are there and the tears are shed and, 
And uh, oftentimes, the people that are contesting, even in this matter of a race, and, and, they, and they're competing against each other, and they come across their relatives along the race, that's a matter they say, oh, hey, no cameras, please, now, no cameras, because they're so emotional. You know why? Because they had a return take place. There's something that took place with them, the relatives that, that came into the path now, and, and it's brought them together. And I think about Christ, and I think it's a matter, there's times in all of our lives where we have to find ourselves returning back to that relationship with God. You know, more than anything God wants is that His people reunite. His people return to Him. I wonder this evening, can we just pause for a moment? Can we just think for a second? How often do you and I find ourselves throughout the day returning back to God? And I mean a matter that, you know what, man, I, I feel as if, you know, I'm kind of not as close to God as, as what I want to be. God, please help me. Or it's a matter that we have unconfessed sin in our life. And we must confess that sin. The Bible says this, that if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I want God to hear me. I know you want God to hear you. But you know what? He doesn't hear you if there's iniquity in your heart. If there's sin and unconfessed sin, you don't hear much about this, but it's a matter that sin separates us from God, and that relationship cannot be oh so sweet. I often think about my children, and, and a matter that uh, I'm thankful for the way that the Lord has seen fit to give us children and His mercy. But you know, there's times where I desire maybe to give them something, and there's times where I think, man, I want to do this, but I don't know that I can, maybe, possibly, not that... Uh, any of my kids are thinking that this is them at all this evening. I know they're listening or maybe asleep by now. Yes, i got a couple of sleep, so it's going to work out perfect. <laughs> all right. Uh, the thing of it is, though, there's times, you know, that I have to hold back something. That I can't give them something that maybe I desire to give them. Because the behavior doesn't match up with what would be a gift to them. And oftentimes the gifts are given... Because the behavior does match up. But there are times in our life where God has things for us, I believe this, that He can't just give them right to us just quite yet. We're not ready. He's holding, he's holding back some things and some blessings from us because we haven't really been faithful in the little things. And it's a matter that we've got to return. We've got to say, God, help me. I, I, I messed up. I did wrong. And by the way, sin is not just a mistake. Sin is... Definitely a decision against the Word of God. And we don't look at it as a, against the Word of God, but it's a matter that it, that it does take place. Would you turn with me? This is how it happens. A returning must take place. Would you turn with me to chapter 7 and verse 10? Chapter 7 and verse 10. The reason God's people weren't returning is the same reason you and I do not return. The reason God's people, even these Israelites... We're not returning is the same reason that you and I do not return. Notice verse, chapter 7 and verse 10, it says this, and the pride. And the pride of Israel testify to his face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. You know why we don't return? Because of our pride. You know what we do with pride? We look around and think, what do others think about what, what just happened? Did anybody else see that? You know, when you fall, you automatically look around and see who's... It's complete strangers. I mean, they don't, they don't even know who you are. 
But you automatically look and see who, who just saw me do that. Talked to an individual last couple of weeks and it was a matter that I, that I was trying to help him with some things and, and, and uh, talking with this individual. I said, when do, you, when do you find yourself falling? When do you find yourself in that sin? You know when they said? When no one else is around. No one else is around. I said, what? Would you do that sin if someone else was around? Oh, no, 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 I wouldn't. Why not? Why would you not do that when others are around? Well, I wouldn't want them to see me. Oh, my. You know what we're thinking about everyone else? And if anyone else sees us, and I tell you, who's got a pretty, pretty incredible view? Pretty amazing view. And actually, we look up to him, but he's looking at us from an upward view down to us. I don't know about you, but if you ever got on an airplane, you realize how quickly everything looks like Legoland. Everything looks very small in comparison to when you're up that high. It's amazing that when we sin and, and because of pride in our life, we don't want to return. I often wonder, is it a matter that I will not walk an aisle sometime? If I will not find myself here at the altar because I'm embarrassed of what others would think. And I will hold on to the pew, and you know, you get the stiff arms, and you know, the legs don't seem to be working that well, because I don't want to return. Well, all of us find ourselves there. You know why? Because of pride. Because we're thinking about what everyone else will think of us. They might think that I'm walking that aisle because of something that was said in the message. And my goodness, I wouldn't want them to tag me with that. Let's be careful this morning. We talked about categorizing sin. And God looks at all the same. Look at this with me, would you? In verse 11, Ephraim also, chapter 7, Hosea 7, verse 10, the pride is the reason they don't return. In verse 11, Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt and they go to Assyria. When they shall go, I will spread my net upon them. I will bring them down as the fowls of the heaven. I will chase them, or excuse me, I will chastise them as their congregation hath heard. Woe unto them. For they have fled from me. Destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me. By the way, can I stop here for a second? When you sin, you sin against an almighty God. This is a transgression against who? Me? Not me. Not you. Transgression against God is what he's saying. And this is about God. Notice it says this, Though have I redeemed them, the only one that can do that is God. Redeem them, yet they have spoken lies against me. You know, it's... Speaking lies about someone, what happens is you're telling something that's different than what they are. And it's, different, it's, it's, not, it's false. It's falsehood. And it's amazing oftentimes, if we're not careful, we'll tag God and Christ with things that He has nothing to do with. And it says this, verse 14, And they have not cried unto me with their heart. Oh, they howl upon their beds... When they howled upon their beds, they assembled themselves for corn and wine. It is amazing to me, in verse 14 here, they're crying upon their beds, they're howling, they're making noise, but they're making noise because they want something. Give me, God, what you can give me, but I don't want who you are, I want what you have. Oh man, we got to be careful because... Oftentimes, 
Everything that in our life is so tangible and, and it's all around us and we can touch it, but we've got to be careful because there's something that's untouchable. There's something that w- it takes faith, evidence of things not seen, and I ought to desire God more than I desire anything here that I can touch and that I can get my hands on because I cannot get my hands on God. But oftentimes, you know what takes place is that we want the corn and the wine You know what's happening? God's will is not enough for them. You know what they're saying? What can I get from God, not what can I be for God? What can I get for God, not what can I be for God? And they assemble themselves together. I don't know if you know this, but there's a word called FOMO. Fear of missing out. And it's called FOMO. This has come out in my generation. And it's called FOMO. You you fear that you're missing out on what everyone else has. It's called FOMO. F-O-M-O. Fear of missing out on what everyone else has. You know what? We We ought to fear missing out on what God has for us. Not what everyone else has. But they don't believe that God is enough. And what they're saying is, I'm going to go after other things and other people and what, 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 what things there I want from God. I'm going to try to assemble ourselves together so we can see what we can get from God. But God is all we need. You know, the greatest good is God. The greatest good. They're not praying for favor. They're, they're, asking, they're not praying for repentance. They're not praying for pardon of their sin. Not that He would turn His wrath away from them. But only that, please don't take away our corn and wine. Please don't deprive us of what we have. Notice it goes, it continues. And they assemble themselves for corn and wine and they rebel against me. Well, that's a bad state to get into. It's a bad position here to rebel against God Almighty. Look what God has done in verse 15. Though I have bound and strengthened their arms, yet do they imagine mischief against me. You say, how can these people imagine mischief against God Almighty? How could they desire bad things to happen to God? Well, I wonder this evening, how often do you and I tag bad things with God? How could God do this to me? How could He allow this to happen to me? Why is it that we question God when the day is dark, when the night has come, but yet the day before, And when the light was shining, we weren't questioning them then. When everything's good, God is so good. Oh, man. But here's the thing. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And so somehow when we get into darkness and we, and, we, and we have to face some trouble and have to have some struggles and the burdens and the trials and the, and the weight is, is heavy on us, then we, where's God? Where's God? God's in the same place that He was yesterday. He'll be in the same place that He w- was today as it will be tomorrow. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But my view of God, if we're not careful, can look very vindictive. And can look very much that God must be ready to punish me and He must just be ready to pull out the belt. Wait a second. Be careful. God is not trying to make our life hard. He is trying to draw himself, uh, draw us to Himself. Psalmist said this, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Gracious is the Lord and righteous, yea, our God is merciful. 
Wow, this goes on. Verse 16, they return, but not to the Most High. The Most High, who's that? That's God. That's why I, can't, I don't know about you, but in my Bible, the word high is capitalized. They are like a deceitful bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword, the rage of the tongue. This shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. God's design is that we plan to be with the Most High God. That He is our refuge. That He is our strength. That He is a very present help in trouble. I think of Daniel. I think of Daniel in the lion's den. You know, Daniel, when, when he was faced with those lions, he was able to trust in who? God. Why? Because he had spent a relationship with God. Because he had time with the Lord every day. He had, he had a schedule that was with God. Nothing would, would, would get in the way of it. I think of Daniel probably in the, in the window, as the window's open, and, and as he's praying and talking to God and, and being able to have that relationship oh so good and sweet. How did he face the lions? Because of that. Because of the relationship before. The lions. I think of Shadrach, Michigan, and Abednego. I think of how they were able to face the fire and, and how, how they were able to stand up for right and everyone else was doing what was wrong and, and bowing down before the gods, plural. How do they do that? How do they not fall and succumb to that peer pressure of doing wrong when everyone else was doing it? Because they were concerned more about what God thought. They were concerned more about the relationship they had with God, and they didn't want to break that relationship with God and, and have that separation take place and that sin get in the way. You know what God wants and desires for all of us is this, a, a relationship with God. And well, when trouble hits, we've got to find comfort in God. When, and when, tr when things come in our life, we've got to find comfort in Him. And the greatest plea of God is for God's people to return. You know, think about the majority of Bible accounts. I mean, you think about the Old Testament and New Testament. You think about... What is God trying to do? He's just trying to say, return, people, to me. Return, return, return. I mean, parable after parable, think about the chronicle son. How he returned to the father. Think about the lost sheep. How he just wants to go after that one. Just one. Why after that lost one? Just one lost sheep. Why? Because he wants it to be returning to him. Why does God desire return? Because he, he cares about each one. Each one of us. You know, there's times in our Christian life we need to return to our steps and go back. I don't know about you, but if you've done any hiking, the farther you get and deeper in the woods you get, hopefully you're, you're taking notice of what path you took. Because if not, the deeper you go, the worse trouble you can be in. And not a bad idea sometimes to put markers on the way. Something that, that you would recognize so you can follow those steps back. Sometimes in our Christian life... We, we do a better job of following our steps back in our hiking than we do in our Christian life of following our steps back to God. And so it's important, some things that I want to give to you tonight, letter A, in a way of doing this, in the way that God pleads, is to recall what God has done, letter A. Letter A, to recall what God has done. If you take your Bible and turn with me to Hosea chapter 2 and verse 8, it says this, um, I'll read it for sake of time. It's a matter that it says that they prepared things for Baal. It says, For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold, which they prepared for Baal. Instead of thanking God, they actually gave their gifts to serve idols. There was ingratitude. It was prevalent. They were not recalling who really had given them this, these things. At our house, it's a matter that, you know, we sit down and, and before a meal, it's important that we pray and we say, God, thank you for this food. But something hit me this week. I got very convicted this week in this matter. 
something the Lord prompted me with. How often have I said, thank you, God, for that answered prayer? Thank you, God, not just for my food, but thank you, God, for who you are and what you are doing and, and what you've done and what you will do that I have no clue about, but your ways are ways worthy of trust. And your ways are not my ways, but your ways are worthy of following. And God, thank you for who you are. When's the last time that I thank God for an answered prayer? See, God hears our complaints, but I wonder how often He hears our praise. Oh, He hears our petitions, but I wonder how often He hears our mouth praise Him. I wonder this evening if we were to stop right now and let's say, oh, let's turn this into a praise and worship, which I would get um, permission before I ever did that. Because pastor not being here, but it's a matter, I wonder how long, if that was the case, how long could we go? How long would we be able to raise our hands? I got to praise, I got to praise, I got to praise, I got to praise, and I wonder if it only last a couple of minutes, would we go an hour? Will we stop at some point? Will we all max out? Oh, that men would praise God, praise the Lord for His goodness. Oh, that, oh, that we would. Well, you know what they didn't do? They, they needed to be reminded of what God had given to them. Because, and they weren't. And so, so much so that God took it away. And I don't know about you, but I'm convicted by this verse, Romans 1.21. It says this, When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And I tell you this evening, we are blessed. We are so blessed. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said this way, The loveliest flower that blooms in the garden of the heart is the flower of gratitude. When gratitude dies on the altar of a man's heart, he's well nigh gone. You know, there should be nothing in this life that we cannot thank God for. So how can you say that? Because the Bible says it. In everything, give thanks. That's hard. That's difficult. If there are difficult things that come in your life. But you know, this is something, and this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And can I tell you this? Thankfulness starts with thoughtfulness. You've got to think on what you're thankful for. Philippians 4, 8 put it this way, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Where are we to do this? Well, we're to do this in Psalms 22, 22. It says, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. How often are we to do it? How long should we go? Well, in case you're wondering how long we should go, if we were to have a praise and worship right now, this is what the Bible says, Psalms 44, 8, In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name, you ready for this? Forever. Forever and ever. That's how long. Well, it's, it's, I can praise here. I got it. I can, I can praise in the congregation. But man, you get out there, it's hard to praise out there. Well, Psalms 35, 8, or 18 answers that. I will give thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust the Lord. You know what I often think about what soul winning really is or witnessing to someone? It's just really bragging about God. It's just really praising the Lord for what He's done in your life. My personal testimony, let me share it with you. That's what it's about. This is what happened, chapter 11 of Hosea. Hosea chapter 11. Boy, verse 7 is very convicting. Hosea chapter 11. 
Israel was a child, and I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Would you jump down with me to verse 7? And my people are bent to backsliding from me, though they called them to the Most High, none at all would exalt him. None at all. You know, one of the ways you and I have, have strayed away from God, one of the ways you and I have wandered off, could be if we have a, not a good answer to this question I'm going to ask you. When was the last time you thanked Christ? When's the last time you just stopped and thanked Christ for something? To recall what God has done. Said, God, thank you. Thank you. Just those two words, thank you. See, the people of Hosea here and children of Israel, they had the sin of adultery, they had murder, they had idolatry, they had dishonesty, they had disobedience, they had complaining, they had defraud. There was death, there was deceit, there was lewdness, there was prostitution and provoking God to anger. But one of the sins that ran just as rampant was ingratitude, unthankfulness. Chapter 13, verse 1. Chapter 13, verse 1, if you would turn there with me. Chapter 13 and verse 1, and I hasten for sake of time here. Chapter 13 and verse 1 says they actually exalted themselves. When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. You know, an arrogant attitude will get you ingratitude. It's very hard, very, very hard to be thankful for something if you're not humble. Someone thinks highly of themselves, they're going to have a very hard time being thankful to someone else. It's amazing what happens. You know, today's world, Ephraim would have been this. Get on Facebook, and as fast as you can, brag on yourself. They exalted himself in Israel. Ephraim was a Facebook fan in our world today. Talk about themselves. The egotistical religion is one of the biggest religions out there in our world today. Ephraim exalted himself. Ephraim was probably infatuated with selfies. Got to be careful that 2014, the year of the selfie, 33,000 people were injured. Be careful where you take a selfie. Most of them casualties were near railroad tracks, on high rises, get this, ledges, cliffs, high story buildings, and even drowning while taking a selfie. One person drowned by a walrus pulling them down because they were taking a selfie of a walrus with them. Two men actually died as a result of, of pulling a pin out of a, a grenade because they were taking a selfie, and that's how they found out that that's how they died, because the selfie was evidence. Thomas Watson said this, the hypocrite suspects others of sin, but has charitable thoughts of himself. The sincere Christian has charitable thoughts of others and suspects himself of sin. Say it again. The hypocrite suspects others of sin, but has charitable thoughts of himself. The sincere Christian has charitable thoughts of others and suspects himself with sin. The Word of God puts it this way. Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that hum shall humble himself shall be exalted. Chapter 13, verse 3, notice what happens. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud and as early dew that passeth away. Would you notice with me this evening? These are the nothings in Scripture. The morning dew in chapter 13 and verse 3, it burns away. As the chaff that is driven with the whirlwind out of the flower. The chaff is like the husk. Of, of corn, and it, the wind just blows it away. It's gone, nothing, gone. 
The smoke out of the chimney. Notice it says, whirlwind out of the flower and has the smoke of the chimney. Dissipates and disappears. So what it comes down to this evening, this is, this is the thrust. When is the last time you and I thank God for what He has given to us? Because if not, we are exalting ourselves, Thinking more highly than we should. We just need to stop and say, thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you, God, for breath of life right now. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you, God, for you just keep on going and on the list and see how long you can go. Because if not, there's, there's some things that take place and it's, it's detrimental. Letter B is we need, we need to understand that God does correct wrongs. Oh, He will correct wrongs. Hosea 2, 16 and 17 talks about Him taking away. And Hosea 8, verse 6 through 14 talks about Him, him taking some things away. And it's a matter that... Uh, God will continue. And it all actually talks about how we sow, we reap. Hosea 8, verse, verse 7, I'll read it to you. They have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stalk, the bud shall yield no meal. If it, be, if it so be it yield, the stranger shall swallow it up. And I tell you this, this evening, God does not ignore sin. Just as much as it separates us from God, He knows what happened, He knows what we, what we do, He knows every thought that we think. And it's a matter that be sure your sin will find you out. And sometimes God does His correcting just this way. Just in a matter of letting us be alone and letting it be a matter that He's going to let us go our own way. You do your own thing. You see where that gets you. Hosea chapter 4, would you notice in verse 17? Hosea chapter 4 and verse 17. And I'll start in verse 16, as you get there, Isaiah chapter 4. For Israel slideth back as a backsliding heifer. Now the Lord will feed them as a lamb in a large place. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let them alone. And a very troubling verse in Isaiah chapter 13, verse 7. Hope you're seeing this in the Word of God. I appreciate you turning all these passages here, we're still in the same book, so just different chapters. Hosea chapter 13, verse 7, Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard by the way will I observe them. I will meet them as a bear that is breed of her whelps. I will rend the call of her heart, and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beast shall tear them. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Oh my. It's a matter that God is now letting them go their own way and do their own thing, and they think they got it all figured out. And when we think we got it all figured out is when we have everything not figured out. And it's a matter that we destroy ourselves. That's why the Bible says in Matthew 7, many there be which go in there at to what? The wide and, not the narrow way, but the wide way that leads to destruction. Ephesians 4 says, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. See, returning is pleaded. It's over and over and over. And God is trying to get these people's attention. And God wants to get our attention. And sometimes He takes things away from us. And sometimes He lets us just kind of do our own thing and feel like, oh man, we, we got this figured out. Everything's all right. But it's really not going to be all right because we're not taking God with us and we don't have God. And we're doing our own thing, our own way. 
I'm so glad for this that Hosea 3, verse 5, we come back to that again this evening, that renewal, number four, can be granted. Renewal can be granted. And God is willing to renew. And I want you to see this in Hosea 3, 5. It says, they seek the Lord. Afterwards, the children of Israel return and seek the Lord, their God. He's still their God. T-H-E-I-R, possessive. Their God. And I'm glad that he's my God. You know, renewal takes place. It's a matter, many of you know what fixer-upper is, and that's a renewal. Many of you know that, what that's about. And paint and, 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 and rooms that are changed and things that, houses that are transformed. But it's a matter that renewal can take place. And I want to finish out tonight with the remaining moment that I have here in Hosea chapter 14 in the latter part of the book. This is how you can get renewed. This is a beautiful picture of how you and I can be renewed. Hosea chapter 14 is an amazing chapter. Amazing chapter with only nine verses. But it gives us step by step of how we can be renewed in Christ. Because tonight, what, what it amounts to is, you know, there needs to be a realization of sin situation. There needs to be a re restoration that is available. There needs to be a realization that, yes, the returning is pleaded, but a renewal can be granted. And a renewal can be granted in this way. Verse 2, notice... Take with you words and turn to the Lord. Say unto him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves, in other words, the sacrifice, just like the calves are sacrificed of our lips. Oh man, verse 3 For in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. Verse 4 I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely. This is a great picture of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and God loving us and, and healing us and follow this, finding mercy. Verse 5, I will be as a dew in Israel. He shall grow and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. There's a progression here. There's growth that's taking place. And it's a matter that we cast forth her roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as olive tree. They that dwell under the shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine, the scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed him. So why do I need idols anymore? You don't. You don't need any small gods. Just need God of all gods. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. And here's the question I want to leave with you this evening as we close. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors shall fall. Let me sum it all up. You want to stumble? You want to, you want to go about your own way? Then rebel. You want to do your own thing? Then rebel. You want to have a hard time getting a footing? You want to have a hard time walking? You want to have a hard time getting through this life that you need Christ with? Just rebel. You want to have security? Then return. Return to your sin? No, return to God Almighty. Return to the Lord. And who is wise? He shall understand these things. Who is prudent? He shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right. And the just shall walk in them. But the transgressors, they're going to fall. That's where it's at. That's what it comes down to.